Have you ever felt imposter syndrome? Have you ever heard that term before? Maybe you're feeling it right now where you have maybe gotten to a spot in your career where you are leading others and you're like, man, I hope nobody knows. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Or at least you feel like you don't have control of the situation. Maybe you look at your kids and go, dude, I don't know how to be a parent. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm inflicting emotional trauma on them. Like I'm just making it up as I go. And this is, I want you to, first of all, I want to let you know, this is really, really common, this quote unquote imposter syndrome. And it's really just a sign that you are looking, that you are always looking to better yourself. So I want to let you know that right off the bat, feeling that is normal, feeling that is a good sign because it means that you're always just trying to get better. And I'll just let you in a little thought as well. If somebody who is true, somebody who is truly an imposter, they don't get imposter syndrome, right? So just the fact that you're feeling that like, oh, I could be doing better, man, it means you're on the right track. But here's what I want to tell you. Here's a, here's a great way to start alleviating that feeling or alleviating the tension around that feeling. And that is that is simply the, the process of self-leadership. See, if you are in a leadership position and you feel like, man, this is chaos. I don't really have control over it. I'm not sure if I'm the person who should be leading right now, right? You're doubting your own abilities um, or the whole situation feels a little bit chaotic. Usually, it comes down to lack of self-leadership. And if we can lead ourselves first, if we can get a hold of ourselves and practice self-leadership, we feel much more confident when we lead others and the imposter syndrome tends to go away because we can be much more open about what we need from our team or what we need from those um, who are, you know, who are being led by us. So when I talk about self-leadership, it's really three components that I'm talking about. It's physical, it's mental, and it's emotional. And these are the three areas that, man, if you can get a rein on them, it will have a massive positive impact on the way that you lead others. And so it starts with physical. And this is, by the way, the reason I love fitness so much. Because when you are talking about getting in shape, it is super, super tangible. Meaning I can put in the time, I can put in the physical effort, and I can see a return on that investment in terms of I see an improvement in my physical performance. I see improvement in my physical body. And that tangible process helps create the framework, let's just call it, for effort to reward, effort to improvement. And the way that we do it in terms of, and the way that you get in shape, let's just say, the framework required will help you make better decisions in every other area. And you're going to use it later on uh, in your mental capacity, right? So the framework I'm talking about, when you are going to get in shape, number one, you set a goal. Like that's pretty cliche and cheesy, but that's, that's always where it starts with like, I want this. I want to look better. I want to run faster. I want to be stronger. I want to get bigger. Like whatever the case is, you start with this goal. And then from there, you have to reverse engineer and create a strategy for that goal. So you're like, I'm at point A. I want to get to point B. Now I need a, a strategy to cross that chasm, right? To get, to get from, to get from one place to another. That's awesome. Now, in order to enact that strategy, you now have to create the systems in place. You go, dude, if I got to lift four times a week, when am I going to go? <laughs> what time of my day am I going to drive to the gym? If I need to get 200 grams of protein a day, how will I get that 200 grams of protein in? And you start to create systems because you can't be thinking about this shit consciously all the time. At a certain point, you have to rely on a little bit of habit, right? And so you want to create the habit. You want to create, you want to create the least amount of resistance in your daily life that allows you to implement this strategy. That's called systems. And then you have to be able to gauge your progress. You have to be able to look and say, hey, um, how do I know if I'm getting closer? <laughs> how do I know if I'm getting closer to point B from point A? At what frequency am I going to take 
you know, take my measurements and what frequency I'm going to take my weight, take pictures, that sort of stuff. How will I know if I'm making progress? And what happens if I'm not making progress? When do I change strategies? How do I, how do I look under the hood and see if I'm doing everything right? This little framework, even though it's just applying to getting in shape now, that same framework ap- applies to everything else in your life. So just learning it there in this very tangible, very personal area of fitness automatically is making you a better leader because it's forcing you to organize your thoughts. It's forcing you to organize your action plan. So that leads us into section number two, which is mental. How do you improve your mental capacities? Well, first of all, just like anything else, you want to free up, you know, you want to get get rid of mental clutter. And the way that I do that is creating systems and frameworks. The end goal of, uh, to me when I look at, you know, mental, how do I, how do I lead myself into having a strong mental constitution? The, the indicator for me is, can I make decisions? Can I make decisions quickly, even if they're big or powerful decisions? Can I make big, powerful de- decisions quickly? And can I stand by them, even if the outcome isn't what I wanted? Because I can stand by the thought process uh, by which I came to that decision. And so what we need to do now is look at, okay, where do we start? We start with a mental framework. We start with filters. How do I, how do I accept information? How do I take in, take in information, uh, sort of digest it and apply it to my everyday life? How do I organize my thoughts? How do, what's the backdrop against which I weigh my decisions? And then again, do I have a process for gauging progress? So once I've made a decision, once I have enacted a strategy, so it starts with the goal setting, right? And then I go to creating a strategy, making a decision about how I'm going to move forward towards that goal. Then I got to look at like, dude, what's my framework for gauging progress? And what is, how can I be sure that I'm moving forward? And how also, how can I make sure that if I'm not moving forward, how do I accept that feedback? And how do I treat, tweak my um, strategy accordingly? So having a strong mental constitution, again, comes down to making decisions. Can I make decisions quickly and powerfully without second guessing myself? Again, even if the outcome isn't exactly what you wanted, because if we can look at the outcome as simply feedback about our strategy, it's going to allow us to stay emotionally neutral. And that leads us to number three, which is being able to control our emotional state, which I, I call controlling our emotional state as being able to stay neutral or resourceful in any given um, circumstance, right? So if you put this all together, you know, and before I, before I elaborate on the emotional, let's just review, the physical teaches us this framework of how do I set a goal? How do I create a strategy to get towards that goal? How do I put the systems in place to achieve that goal? And then how do I measure my progress? That's a really strong framework that's going to bleed over into our mental constitution, which is how can I make quick and powerful decisions, even when the outcome isn't exactly what I wanted? And most of us have a tendency, even if we are in great shape, and even if you do have a great sort of mental framework in place, if you beat yourself up when things don't go your way, or you are telling yourself stories about how if you are not constantly succeeding, you're a failure, you have you don't have an emotional framework in place. And that's going to really, really hold you back because your emotional state, even if you're in great shape, even if you're making fast and powerful decisions, but you can't control your emotional state in the face of those decisions, it's going to hold you back in terms of leadership and it's going to put you into the pits of despair for you know setbacks, which are, to be honest with you, just a normal part of life. So being able to remain neutral 
or even staying in a resourceful emotional state, which by the way, this was the entire podcast last week. You can call back to the last episode there and, um, you know, check that out. That's going to be the third part of self-leadership that's going to make you stop second guessing yourself. So if I'm, if I'm making decisions and I can stand by the way I came by those decisions, even in the face of an outcome that isn't exactly what I wanted, what I'm doing is I'm controlling my emotional state so I can stay emotionally sober, if you will, so I can decide, all right, things didn't go my way. What do I do now? Rather than tail spinning into despair and being like, I suck, I'm the worst, you know, the world is over and all these things that aren't necessarily true, we can, we can, we can, if we catch ourselves in that, you know, kind of tailspin, we can pull ourselves back to neutral, say, all right, <laughs> here's what I did. Here's the decision I made, the strategy I executed, the outcome that happened, and I'm not going to beat myself up over it. Rather, I need to look at it clearly without emotion so I can continue to move forward um, in making making sound decisions going forward. And so what having a strong emotional constitution comes down to is being able to, 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 be kind of, to, to get neutral or stay neutral or stay resourceful. And that often comes down to being able to distinguish between facts and the stories that we tell ourselves about those facts, right? So sometimes when something doesn't go our way, whether it is with our kids, whether it is something that happens at work, it's just a neutral fact. But we begin to tell ourselves stories about what this means about us, about what this means to our world. Oh, I lost a sale. I lost a customer. You know what I mean? We, we didn't hit our sales quota for the month, whatever it is. Those are just, all of those things are just neutral events in the world. But if we tell ourselves a story, a negative story about what that means about us and our competency and how much we suck and we're the worst and nothing ever goes right for us, those stories will pull us out of emotional alignment and we won't be able to move forward, right? So the quicker we can distinguish between the fact I didn't make my sales quota and the story I'm the worst in the world because I didn't make my sales quota, we can actually make a plan to move forward and hit it next quarter, right? So if we want to be able to stay neutral, we have to be able to distinguish between the facts, which are neutral, and the stories we tell ourselves about our facts, which can sometimes lead us to unresourceful states. And what this allows us to do is it circles back, and this is why it all ties together, this allows us to keep our emotions out of our decision-making. So if we can keep our emotions out of our decision-making, we're always going to be able to rely on that mental framework we created before and not have that decision-making process tainted by negative or unresourceful emotions. So when we look at self-leadership, and we, if we think about somebody we would follow, somebody we would trust, somebody who we would rely on when the chips are down, and we can look and say, man, that person, they take care of themselves. Physically, they're a freaking unit. You know what I mean? Mentally, hey, you know what? Things might not always go their way but they have a decision-making process in place. They have a way of weighing things out, weighing them against what's most important and being decisive, which is super important for a leader. And then, you know, they don't get drunk on victory or they don't go into a tailspin in defeat. They remain neutral with their emotions. They allow, they, they, uh, they, because they remain neutral, they bring up the emotional morale of everybody, of everybody around them. And then because of that, they can move forward into the next steps and, and move on with their lives and not let each setback or each obstacle, tur- you know, turn, turn in, what is it, an anthill into a mountain or something like that. Um, I probably just butchered that saying. Anyway, the fact of the matter remains, if you can do that for yourself, if you can lead yourself in that way, 
if you can take care of yourself physically, if you can create a decision-making framework to have a strong mental constitution, and you can get control over your emotions so that those decisions don't ever get clouded, not only will you be leading yourself, but all of a sudden you'll become magnetic and people around you will naturally gravitate towards you to be the leader because these are the most attractive qualities in a human, right? And furthermore, when it comes down to being in charge, the, the, the burden really, the responsibility of being a leader, whether it's a leader in your house, in your children, or being a leader at work, or being a leader of whatever, when it comes down to bearing that responsibility, you can do so without doubting yourself. You can know, you can have a strong desire to continually get better at it because you take that responsibility seriously, but you can also, your head can hit the pillow at night knowing that you've done everything you can to continually be a better leader for those you serve. And that's, um, that's what I have for you today on self-leadership. So, you know, this concept, this is, again, just to like circle it back to the beginning, this is exactly, this is exactly why I love fitness as my profession, as sort of the skeleton key or the Trojan horse, if you will, that just leads to this huge upward spiral in people's lives. When they take control of their physical bodies, it unlocks something in them that allows better decision-making and better emotional control. It ties them together as a person. And that's exactly why in my Metaphysique program, yes, we focus on nutrition. Yes, we give you workout plans that get you freaking jacked and athletic. Hands down, hands down. But more importantly than that, we talk about the real shit too. We talk about how to be better humans. We talk about how to make better decisions. We talk about how to manage and control our emotions. And that's why it's a program unlike any other. And that's why people actually get lifelong transformations because it's not just a quick fix. It's not skin deep. It's, it's actually a whole transformation at the soul level. And if that's something you're interested in, just go on over to thegoodshit.info. Just click it with the program. Just start filling out the application. And then once it's filled out, I'll be in touch with you. Um, I'll be in touch with you. Just kind of ask you a few more questions, probably get some more clarity to see if, you know, this is a program. It's a good time for you. This is the right program for you, all that good stuff. And if it's fit, we can go forward from there. But goodshit.info, head over there, fill out that form, and we'll talk to you guys soon.